Awesome, awesome. Hey, can we just give him one more round of applause as you sit down? As you sit down, go ahead and take your seat. So glad that you're here this morning. I want to introduce myself. My name's Daniel, and I'm the lead pastor here at Elevation Church, and such a joy and a privilege to be the pastor of this church. We've got some great people around here, and I just want to say if you're new to Elevation, uh, one, I'm just really excited you're here. I hope that you felt welcomed, and I, I hope that you feel included, because ultimately, this is the deal. We all are in process. We all are on this journey of trying to figure it out. But ultimately, the thing we've learned and figured out is that life is better without, with Jesus than without him. Come on. It's just better. And so the fact that you're here, there's potential. Whether you're a believer or not, there's potential here in your life, whether you even know it. Uh, and so I'm just excited that you're here. I'm excited that all of you are here. And uh, so why don't we open ourselves up to the possibility of something this morning? And that is that the God of the universe that created all things wants to interact with you this morning. I mean, that's amazing if you think about it. Because I think sometimes when we come to the word of God, we come to the preacher standing up. Some of us are like, oh, no, here we go. He's going to talk a while. You know what I mean? We don't actually kind of tune into this reality that when the word of God is spoken, when the word of God is read, that the power of God is released into the room and that the very God that created all things, come on, the very God that created all things is speaking to each one of our hearts if we would allow it. Wow. I mean, come on. How cool is that? Like this is not just some religious function we're doing. We literally are touching heaven and earth right now as we open the word of God. And so I'm excited this morning to continue and actually finish a series that we've been in called Love Expressed. And uh, I'll get to that in just a moment as to what that means. But um, as a young man, uh, I met Christ when I was about 14 years old. And if you know my story, some of you do, I uh, was saved in a missionary Baptist church, okay? And if you know anything about missionary Baptist churches, you know that they are, they typically uh, are, uh, are populated by African Americans. Now, this is, this is just kind of something that, just historical. Now, my mom and I, if you notice, I'm not that. Uh, did you notice? Yeah, thank you. My mom and I went to this church, and we were the only white people in the church. But it was in that church that I started my journey with Christ. I met Jesus, and I tried to kind of figure out what it meant for me to live out my faith, to, to express myself, so to speak, to God because of what he had done for me. And one of the things that they like to do is put people in the choir. And... Um, they decided that that would be a good place for me to be in the choir. Now, some of you know, I mean, I can sing pretty well. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I don't want to toot my own horn. <laughs> but every church service, right, imagine seating on one side, on the right and the left, and then a center aisle, right? Picture that in your head of a church. Every church service, the choir would start in the back, all right? And then the choir would process down the center aisle, if that makes sense. 
And not only would it be like, because some of you are like, what does that mean? Well, just walk. No, no. It was not just walking. It was like you had to sway, right? I don't know if you ever seen this. So it was kind of like you had to get this beat down where it was like one step, but then you swayed, okay? Then it was one step, and then you swayed, all right? This is a one step, and then you swayed. Like you had to, and you had to do that as you were going down the aisle. Some of you are like, I would never have been a part of that team uh, because you can't dance and you have no rhythm, right? And so, but it would be, it was like one sway. And I, and I remember I was in this choir. They put me in this choir, this small little white boy that would walk down the aisle, and I would, I was so concentrating on the sway, you know what I mean? I didn't want to mess it up. I, I had to get this right. Come on, guys, here it is, right here. Yeah, yeah. See, see, I had the sway, and 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 so the the choir would process down, and 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 that's exciting if you think about it. You know, when you're starting church, the choir is ready to go, and they're they're processing down, and they're and then we would sing this song uh, that that has stayed with me forever. I mean, I just never forget this song, this song. But we would sing this song, and I, I'll. I'll kind of sing it for you, but it was a, but I'll sing it normal, and then I'll tell you how they made me sing it, and and so it was like, we come to praise him, right, and you just like, yeah, we come to praise him, Hmm. Hmm. we come to praise him, and lift his holy name, right, it was like, and, and the whole choir is just like belting this out, right, well, Clearly, I'm not a bass. <laughs> but because I wasn't a very good singer, or maybe I was a prepubescent boy, I don't know, they decided to make me sing bass. So I'm back here going like this. We come to praise him. We come to praise him. And I've got my, my choir robe on. We come to praise him. And lift his holy name. Right? Like, it's so bad. But one of the things I loved about this church is not just the inclusiveness of the church and the fact that they taught me the word of God and I began my faith journey there, but, but one of the things I love most about this church is when they came to church, they were there for a reason. Like, they had a purpose for being there. They came with a holy expectation that God was going to meet them there, that God was going to do something, that God was going to show up. And it wasn't just some kind of religious thing we went through, right? It wasn't just emotions that were conjured up. These were real things to these people. Worshiping God was a very real thing. And for them, many of them, it was what, and for many of them, it's all they had. And I think sometimes in our life, we, we add things, you know, we get the additives, and we lose sight of the fact that we really, that's really what we have. Like when everything else is gone, when everybody else is gone, when, the, when even the people that said they'd never leave you, leave you, come on, that God is still there. God is still present, and God is still worthy of our worship. And so I want to read to you, our series verse. This is the verse that we've been kind of meditating on, and it's a very simple verse. You've probably heard it, but listen to this. This is in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. And you must love the Lord your God 
Come on. With all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. And you've heard me say this before. That's a lot of all, isn't it? That's a lot of all. And so we've been going through this series focused on something very, very important to the heart of God. And that's worship. And I know that in a room like this, if I said, hey, can you define worship? I've said this, but can you define worship for me? Or how would you describe worship? You might have a way, and then somebody else over here might have a way. And, and what ends up happening is we might even get into what they call worship wars, right? Who's right, and you're right, and I'm wrong, and you know what I mean. And it gets into this kind of conflicted place. And, and quite frankly, it's one of the reasons we have so many denominations out there. is because we've come to the conclusion that the way we do worship is right. But the thing is about worship is that worship isn't about you. It's not about you. And I know for some of us in the room, that's like, what? I've always thought it was. But it's not. Worship is for God. And so worship is about God, not me. It's not about my preference, my desires, my... No, no, it's about God. And one of the things that the Bible has very clearly done is communicate to us the way that God wants to be worshipped. So we came up with a definition of what worship really is. And you can use this. It's, it's, it's a principle that you can use in every environment you ever go into that is expressing itself to God. Okay, here it is. It's very simple, very straightforward. Is that worship, worship is love expressed God's way. Did you notice that? That it's a, an expression of love. So if you're not expressing it, it's not worship. And if it's not being expressed the way that God defines it, then it's not worship either. And so it's so important we understand that God gets to set it up. God gets to define it. And that makes sense to us, doesn't it? I mean, that shouldn't, that shouldn't surprise us that the creator of all things that created you and me and, and set this whole thing in motion, this entire redemptive story that he set in motion, that somehow he gets to define what it is. Makes sense. And so we've talked about over the last few weeks how it is that God wants us to express worship to him. And today, what I want to do is I want to zero in on something. A very important aspect of worship that is essential to the believer's uh, activity in the world. It's so important that we understand this. And if we don't get this right, if we don't understand this and apply this truth to our life, we will be limited in the things that we experience with God and the power that he puts in our life to overcome the things that bind us and hurt us and slow us down this is important so hear me here's the big idea for today true devotion to god requires that the dominant characteristic of our life be praise let me say that again the dominant the dominant characteristic of our lives as believers in Jesus Christ, people who are truly devoted to God should be praise. Now, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean to praise God? What does it mean? Well, it, it does mean to sing, right? We come to praise Him. It means that. There's that. But there's also other things that it means. There's a lot of things that can fall into the category of praise. And so what I want to do for the rest of our time today is talk about this important aspect of a believer's life 
And here's what I'm going to say to you today, and I think it's important, that I want to suggest to you today that some of the areas of your life that feel like you're in the doldrums, you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what the doldrums are? The doldrums are where you're in your life and you have a sail and you have no wind. That's the doldrums. You're stuck. You're, you're, you're sitting in the ocean, longing for wind to pick up so that you can actually get to where you want to go. Anybody today feel like they might be or they're getting into or they're coming out of the doldrums, right? Anybody? Yeah, yeah that's okay. You don't have to put your hand up. I don't want to embarrass you. But the thing that I know about human beings is that we all get here. We all experience life in this way, and sometimes what happens is we find ourselves stuck in the middle of the ocean, longing for movement, longing for a fresh wind. And the thing I want to say to us today, guys, is that if you will understand what I'm saying today and put it into practice, you will begin to experience a wind in your life that will get you out of the doldrums. Because so often what we do is we sit in the ocean and we say, God, will you please do something, right? Will you help me? Will you do something for me, God? And God says, will you just do what I've told you to do? And you will unlock the wind that you need. Do you think it's a coincidence that the wind is described, describes the Spirit of God in the Bible? That the wind of God blows, the ruha, right? The pneuma. It's like, whew. see, that's what we need. That's what we need. So I wanna, I wanna drill down a little bit more into why praise is important and why it's significant to this whole idea of us worshiping God with our lives His way. But I wanna read something to you out of 1 Peter. I read this a couple of weeks ago, but I wanna zero in on something I didn't have time to talk about. And so listen to this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, the Bible says. So if you're a follower of Jesus today, the Bible says that you're a chosen people. Then he goes on to say a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Man, I don't know about you, but that's good news. That somehow God has selected us, that God has made us into a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his special possession. And then he goes on and says something that I want you to see. Look at this. That you, that me, that all of us may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Wow, think about that. That the God of the universe who's done all things for us not only gives us an identity as priests, a holy nation, his special possession, but he goes a step further and gives us a function. Did you see it? A function. So, so our identity is as royal priests, but our function, look at this, is declaring his praise did you see that like it's our function it's what we're designed to do whether you know it or not all human beings whether they know it or not were created by God to worship him even if they're not believers they were still created to worship him and that's what he designed us to do and here's the scary thing that I've talked about is that if we don't worship God we will worship something or someone that's why the Bible talks so much about idolatry. 
Because as human beings, we have a propensity or a tendency towards idolatry. And if we don't put God on the throne of our life, then what will happen is someone or something will take precedent over God. And so worship is all about us honoring and declaring his praise. And so our job, our job is to praise him. Our job is to praise him. Come on. Our job is to praise him. And everything else in our life is secondary. Everything else. Even our service unto the Lord is a secondary function. Matter of fact, it's a byproduct of worship first. So we have to understand that we are designed and created by God to worship Him, but more than that, specifically, we're designed to praise Him. Listen to these words in Psalm 156. Listen to this. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. Psalm 9, verse 1. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of the marvelous things you've done. What a beautiful thing that we're called into, this praise. Now, I don't know if you have a working definition of praise, but let me share one with you. So praise, it simply means this, to honor and ascribe worth to God. Now, one of the phrases that we've used over the series comes from an old English word, right? Worth-ship. Worth-ship. To ascribe worth to God. To ascribe worth to God. That's what it means to worship Him. That we would give Him praise. That we would give Him uh, honor because He deserves it. A couple of other thoughts. Praise is regarded by the Bible as a response due to God from all creation because of His majesty and saving actions. And then, listen, you heard me say this earlier. It is the dominant characteristic of true piety. It is the dominant characteristic of what it means to be truly devoted to God. And so what we see here is that if we commit ourselves to honoring God the way that He wants to be honored, of worshiping in the way He wants to be worshipped, one of the key elements of that is adoration and praise. That we express our love to God through adoration and praise and praise. That, that there's a deep love, a deep respect, devotion, worship. Come on. Praise expressing, praise expressed in a way that is honoring, respectful, there's full of gratitude. It's an act of worship. Come on. That worship, we are called to adore Him. And one of the images that one of the words in the Bible uses, the sense of it, is to blow God a kiss. Now, for some of us, that makes us uncomfortable because we don't relate to God as a father. We relate to him as some cosmic being. And yet God has revealed himself as father. It's not weird, is it, to want to show affection to your father? No, no, when it's natural, when it's, when it's normal, when it's holy, it's, there's nothing weird about it. And so the Bible says that it's like blowing God a kiss. Or even this, it's to bow, to, to bow down and submit my life to God. See, this is what praise is about. See, worship expression occurs when the internal, right, becomes visible. 
If it stays internal and never becomes visible, then I would suggest to you that it's not biblical expression the way that God defines it. And I'll give you an example. You've heard this example is if you're in love with someone, can you imagine never expressing it? If you're in love with someone, can you imagine never saying to that person, hey, I love you. Hey, uh, here's some flowers. Here's some candy. Here's something. I, I just, oh, right? I mean, you can't imagine. Isn't it curious, though, that sometimes in church, it feels like people aren't ever expressing their, quote, love for God? It has to be expressed. It has to be expressed. So, a couple of things that I want to talk about as we, as we kind of wander through here is why do we praise? Like, why is it important? Why is praise important? And, and going back to something I said when we first started is part of the reasons it's important is it's going to get you the wind that you need. But here's a few other thoughts that I want to share with you. So why do we praise? Here's number one. We praise God because of who he is. We praise God because of who he is. In other words, God is good. Whether my life is good, whether my life is up or down, whether things are bad. No, no. We praise God because at his very essence, because of who he is, he is good. And nothing in this world, the circumstances of our life, the pain we go through, the sin we experience, any of it doesn't change the fact that God is good. Now, I know that sometimes it's hard to believe it, but I do know this that there's something special about knowing this and living that out because what it means in a world that's always changing, always challenging, always moving, right? That God is, he is absolutely staying still, right? He, he is the foundation that we can build our life on. He's the one that's tried and true. He's the foundation of our lives. And so when I'm up and down and up and down, right? Going through the waves of life, that God stays the same, that he He's good and always good and that's important and it's one of the reasons that we praise because sometimes what happens is we think we praise God because we feel like it God help us we don't praise God because we feel like it we praise God because he's good number two is we praise God because of what he's done because of what he's done. In other words, our life is a life of gratitude. Even if things are hard, even if you're going through the doldrums, we still have a life of gratitude. Why? Because he's done something for you. He's done something for you. Matter of fact, he's done something that was absolutely the most important thing that could ever be done. He sent his son, Jesus, for you. And nothing you go through in life will change that fact. Yep, yep. And so the fact that Jesus came into this world, sent by God to create a pathway to God, friends, that should lead us to a lifestyle of gratitude even if our circumstance isn't good. Simply because he's done all things. And I, you know what? Someday we're all going to get to heaven. Because I, I found this out that we see uh, almost... We see reality through a veil. But someday we're going to get to heaven and God is going to remove that veil and we're going to see in technicolor all that God has done for us 
all the ways that he worked behind the scenes in your life that you never saw or never even acknowledged. And he gets to show you someday and you get to go, wow, God, I didn't even know you were there. I didn't even know you were there when that was going on. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for doing all those things for me. I thank you for your cross, but God, I thank you for everything else you did for me that I never saw and I never acknowledged and I never praised you for. I love that, that someday God is going to show me what's real. Do you see why we have an attitude of gratitude? Do you see why we praise? Not because everything's good, because he's good. Because he's done what he's done. And then finally, number three about why we praise is that we praise God because of what he's going to do. <laughs> God is faithful to his promises. And if God promises something, he's going to fulfill it. He's the one that fulfills it. He's the one that's on the hook. He's the one that guarantees it. He's the one that ensures it. Does that make sense? So when you claim a promise of God, when you stand on a promise of God, you can trust the fact that God is going to bring it to pass. Whether it comes in this life or the next, God is true to his word, and that leads us to what? Praise! It leads us to praise him because he's so good to us. And friends, let me just ask you this. Do we deserve it? No. You're like, well, Pastor, I'm pretty good. Right? I mean, some of you, you have a hard time like being like, yeah, I, I, I. No, no. I know. I know. I know. I've talked to humans my whole life. As a pastor, I've talked to them. And I can't tell you how many times I've sat at a funeral or I've talked to somebody and they said, you know, he was a good person. As if that was enough. But somehow being a good person is what God requires. I want to let you in on something. God requires perfection. Yeah. Wait, how's that work? I'm not perfect. I don't, I don't measure up. That's why you need Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible says that he gives you his righteousness. Not your righteousness. His righteousness is given to you. And in receiving that, you now stand before God righteous. What a glorious gift that the Lord has given us. And it's not about being good, but it's about knowing the one that is good. The one that always will be good. The one that will always be the one that's fulfilling the goodness and the blessings and the promises. The one that eventually is coming back to bring us all to be with him. That's why we praise. That's why we worship. Not because I feel like it. It's because of him. And so worship isn't about me. It's all about God. And it's all about giving him glory and praise. And here's what I want you to hear, is it's not a denial of your circumstance. God has no interest in you coming in here and faking it. It's not about faking it. It's not about somehow when someone says to you, hey, pastor, or, or hey, friend, how are you doing? And you say, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. But your life is in the absolute toilet. It's not about faking it. 
It's about saying, and this is what the Psalms do, isn't it? Is that it's about saying, yeah, man, this week was hard. It was really bad. Oh, I had this awful meeting. Oh, blah, you know, whatever. It's acknowledging it, but on the back end of acknowledging your circumstance, you say, but God is good. Yeah. He's, he's good. He hasn't left me. He hasn't forsaken me. He's with me through it. I may be in the doldrums right now, but I know the wind is coming. Come on. See, see what I'm getting at? That's what life is supposed to be. It's not somehow we stick our head in the sand and act like our circumstances aren't difficult or to live in this kind of spiritual denial. No, God is fully aware of the pain that you're experiencing right now. And he loves you. And he's with you. And he's walking through it. And I don't know why you're going through it. I don't know the answers to some of those things. But I do know this, that no matter what, he's not leaving you. And he's listening. And he's helping probably in ways that you don't even know about. And you know what the great news is? And this sometimes isn't great solace for some of us. Is that the temporary pain that we're going through today will eventually cease. I did a funeral this week. And I talked to these people about how that someday Jesus, Jesus tells us this, that he gives us salvation, he gives us a new body, and he gives us a new home. See, friends, that's what we have to look forward to. That is why we praise, not because everything on this earth is good, because we all know that it's not. Been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. But the thing that you can know in the midst of it is that God is good and that he's working on your behalf and he's doing the things that he said he would do and that ultimately should lead us to a place of praise. It should lead us to a place of faith. It should lead us to a place of trust in him above all things. Whew, come on. That is good news, guys, isn't it? All right, as I end, you're like, yeah, I've heard you say that before. It's a preacher trick I have. I want to talk about four benefits of praise. Four benefits of praise. This is important. You got to get this. I want to read a psalm to you. And I actually, it's, have you ever, isn't it cool when you sing a song at church or somewhere and then you discover it was in the psalms? Like, isn't that cool? Like you're reading through the psalm and all of a sudden you're like, oh wait, I was just singing that. You know, like th that happened to me uh, with this particular one. And I, I was, it was a song I remember uh, singing as a boy but listen to this in Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5. I'm going to read out of the amplification uh, or amplified version so you can get a little bit more of what's being said. But listen to this. It starts with bless. Bless the Lord, O my soul, right? Bless affectionately, gratefully praise. Do you see it? The Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest within me. Come on. Bless his holy name. Then he says, bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of all his benefits. I love that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord above all things. Affectionately praise the Lord. But as you're praising him, don't ever forget all the benefits that come with it. 
all the benefits that come with it. Not just grace, not just the fact that you got saved, but there's all these other benefits that he goes on to tell us about. Listen to this. Verse 3. Who forgives every one of all their iniquities. Wow, that's a big one. Who heals each one of us of all of our diseases who redeems your life from the pit and corruption, who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Woo! Come on! Who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire that your personal age and situation with good so that your youth, come on, renewed like the eagles. Your youth will be renewed like the eagles and you will overcome. There's that victory and you will soar. Some of us are just flapping our wings right now. You know what I'm talking about? You're just, I mean, you are trying your best to stay afloat. You are trying your best to stay in the air. And God is saying, hey, child, will you come to me? And if you will come to me, I will give you the power that you need to soar. But we've got to let go of the things that we're trying to do and recognize that he has the power to help us soar. He has the power to forgive. He has the power to redeem. He has the power to send loving kindness and tender mercies into our life. This is the God that we worship. And so four benefits of praise, because we don't want to forget the benefits, do we? The benefits of praise, we don't want to forget. So number one, here it is. Praise positions us to enter into God's promises. Did you know that? Praise positions us to enter into God's promises. Now, I don't know if you ever played a sport, but one of the things that often is in a sport, especially team sports, is that you have positions, right? So think about a shortstop. Right? Think about a shortstop in baseball. They have a particular position, and it's usually somewhere in between the third base and the second base of the diamond. Makes sense. And so the, the, the shortstop stays in this place. Now, why does the shortstop stay in this place? Because a ball might be hit to that place, right? We all get it. We all understand it. And so he's in that position to be able to do a certain thing. A certain function that position come on puts him in a position right to receive something now what if the shortstop's out of position right what if he's out of position well then the balls hit and it maybe goes through into the outfield because the shortstop was not in position some of us are not in position right now some of us are not in the position we need to be in. And so what's happening is we're not actually receiving the promises of God. What I love about God, though, is if we will create a lifestyle of praise, then that position will always be true. And it will set us up to receive the promises that God wants to bring. And so some of us right now are struggling with worry. You're struggling with fear. You're f- struggling with anxiety. You're struggling with a relationship. You're struggling with something. You're struggling with your own health. Whatever it is. And God is saying, child, get in position. Get in position. And what is position? Praise. 
If you'll begin to praise him, it unlocks the promises of God. It puts you in a place to receive the promises of God. And so often in our lives, we want the promises of God, but we don't want to get in position. And God says to you, child, I love you. But could you just get in your position? As your coach, he's saying, get in position and begin to praise him and watch what happens. Number two, God shows up when his people praise him. God shows up when his people praise him. What an amazing thing that is. So when, when, when I praise God, the Bible says that God shows up. I know that when I say that, many of us say, yeah, I got it. I get it, Pastor. I've heard it. I know what you're saying. But here's the point I'm trying to get you to see. It's not enough to get it. It's not enough to know it in your head. It has to move from your head to your heart to your action. It's not enough to just know it. It's something that you have to apply. Listen to these words out of Psalm 22, verse 3. I love this. But you are holy, listen to this, you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. What the Bible is saying is that God, God, God is dwelling, listen to this, in our praises. So let me, let me break this down for you. Wherever you praise, your car, your bathroom, your shower, your moped, Wherever you praise, the Bible says that God is enthroned there. Do you see how big of a deal that is? That should make us praise. Because every moment, every position you're in, every situation of your life, it should lead you to realize that the moment I praise, God shows up. God shows up. He shows up in power. Oh, I love it. And, and if you look at this, this praise is like to sing a love song to God. So when we sing a love song to God, right? The Bible says that he enthrones. Now look at this. I, I want to I share something. I got to go a little deeper. You guys with me? Stay with me. I know you all love deep teaching. Here it comes. Enthroned. Listen to this. Enthroned. It's a Hebrew word, but it has this sense. Watch this. It's a sense, and this is so important you get this, that what it means is to pick up all of your belongings, okay? Take those belongings and move them to a permanent place or a new place, okay? Now, what are you saying? So, so what it means is, think about your house, right? You got all your belongings. You have to pick up all your belongings. You pick them up and you take them to a new place and put them there. This is, this is what it's saying, that, that this is God. So what God is doing, listen to me, is that when I sing a love song to him, he picks up all his stuff in heaven and comes to earth, and he places it right there where I'm praising. And you know what he has? He doesn't have trinkets and toys. He, he doesn't have televisions and couches, friends. When God picks up his stuff, you know what he has? God, God has healing. God has signs and wonders. 
God has power beyond anything that you can imagine. Come on. So, so what, what God is bringing to the party, the breakthrough that he's bringing, the provision that he's bringing, the power that he's bringing, he's picking all of these things up and he's showing up and he's coming to dwell in your love song. As you sing unto the Lord your love song, what happens is God shows up and he brings everything he's got to your life. <laughs> oh my goodness. Could this be true of our lives? That somehow we recognize that when we praise, he shows up and he brings power. Oh, what a glorious thing to think about. A couple other thoughts. Last I got two more. Number three, praise is a weapon of spiritual warfare. We may or may not know that we're in a battle, but what I love about praise is the moments I start praising, it creates panic and confusion in the enemy's camp. The enemy that is busy trying to thwart everything that God does, the enemy that is trying to get you singled out so he can pick you off, that same enemy, the moment you start praising, it sends panic and confusion into his camp. God wants you to release that power. Listen to this in Psalm 8, 2. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemy to silence the foe and the avenger. Wow. I had a preacher say to me one time, he said, you want to you see some breakthrough in your life? Find a kid and have them pray over you. Like, have a kid pray. Have, have, a, have a little one pray. Because did you notice that it says praise of children and infants? Why would the Bible say that? Well, because they haven't been affected by the world. They haven't, been, they haven't been told that it's not true anymore. They actually still believe in a God that can. They got faith that's been untouched by the world. And so if you need a blessing today, you find a kid and say, hey, can you pray for me? Ask their parents because they might think you're weird. <laughs> and finally, I'll end with this, guys. And this, is, this, is, this goes straight to the song that we just sang. Last one is praise precedes victory. Praise precedes victory. You say, Pastor, well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, let me show it in the Bible to you. In 2 Corinthians, I mean 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, 20 through 21. It's a fabulous story. If you've never read this story, go back and read it, okay? I, it's in 2 Chronicles, chapter 20. But I want to read just a piece of it, all right? Israel is going to battle. Now, let me ask you this question. If you were going into battle, what would you do, right? Like if you were about to go to war and you're going into battle, what would you do? And you, you, you can start to process that, right? You're like, okay, I need this, I need this, I need that, I need that. So you start to process all the things that you need, okay? How many of you know God does it different? He just does it different. God's always doing it different than how we think it should be done. So here, here's what he says in verse 20. Listen to this. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out to the wilderness of Tekoa, on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. 
believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. So picture the king saying this to the people, right? Now, after he says that, there might be a moment where you're like, oh yeah, now he's gonna tell us the plan, right? He's like, believe in God, stand firm. And then he's gonna tell us the plan. <laughs> Watch, it's so good. He says this, believe in his prophets and you will succeed. And then he says this in verse 21, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers Not archers? Wait, not, not people on horses? What do you mean? He says, he appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. Oh, good, this is so good. Singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. <laughs> Can you imagine? The king is like, okay, guys, I got it. Get the singers. And put them up front. Right? It's, it's like that little boy that used to do the drum in like Civil War times, right? And you're like, yeah, he's going to die. <laughs> like the first one out. Like you're like, that kid's bold. Love that guy. I'm not playing the drum. But God says, send the singers out. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's ridiculous to our minds, to our reason, our thoughts. It's like, what are you doing, God? Don't you know that if we don't have this, this, and this, we're going to get our butts kicked? And he says, send the singers and give thanks. Oh, it's so good. And you know what happens? They win. They win. Matter of fact, they didn't even have to lift a finger. They show up singing. This whole group that they're about to fight gets in a fight with each other and kills themselves. And Israel walks in and receives the spoils. And they bring the spoils home. You know what I love about that story? Is that if I'll do it God's way, I don't have to try as hard as I think I do. I don't have to try harder to receive the blessing that's coming to me because the enemy's camp is already in confusion. And if I'll do it his way, if I'll begin to praise him, well, then all of a sudden I'm going to walk right in there and I'm going to get everything that God wants to give me because of what he's doing, not because of what I'm doing. Simply because I was willing to say, you know what, I'm tired of sitting in the ocean by myself. I'm going to get some praise up in here and get some wind going off in my life because I got to get out of this thing. Praise, friends, is what we all need. And it's the thing that will unlock all, all that God wants to bring into our life. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read something to you out of Isaiah. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. This is Jesus. 
He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that brought us peace. And it's his stripes that healed us. He's worthy of our praise. Some of us in this room have been a believer, a follower of Jesus for a long time. And when I read that, it, it taps into something for you. Because if you're a believer, it taps into a gratitude that sometimes we forget. That Jesus Christ did this for me and for you. And it should lead me to a place of praise every day of my life. But I also know something else is true. That in a room like this, there's somebody that maybe doesn't know that story. They've heard about God being loved. They've heard about all these things, but they, they haven't really fully understood what Jesus did. So what I want to do for a moment is just offer a prayer for anybody in the room that would say, you know what? That's my story. I've never entered into that relationship with Jesus. I've never accepted that by faith. And so I want to pray for you. And so church, let's all pray together. God, right now, would you prepare the hearts and minds of anybody in this room to receive, to receive. To receive the Spirit of God. To receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. See, Jesus went to a cross and died a brutal death for you and for me. The Bible says that three days later, he was resurrected from the dead, beating sin, death, and restoring us back to God if we want it. The Bible also says that if we'll confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that these things are true, that God will come. His son will come. And he will enter into a relationship with you that saves you, that transforms you into the person that he wants you to be. And so what I want to do for a moment is just offer a prayer for anybody in this room that wants to do that. So church, I just invite you to pray with me. I don't want anybody to pray alone. So we're just all going to pray together, okay? And so I'm asking you, if this is your story, just to, to say this prayer with me. Just repeat this. Heavenly Father, I need a Savior. Would you forgive me of my sins? I surrender my life to you. I believe in you. Will you be my Lord? Will you transform me from the inside out? Will you show me my purpose? Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I choose this day to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, guys, today is a special day because we're going to share in communion together. So we just got done with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I thought, you know, what a better 
There's not a better way for us to finish that than to have fellowship around the table of God, reminding ourselves again of the grace and the love and the mercy that he's given us. The Bible says that the night before Jesus was to go to the cross, he gathered his disciples together in a room and it was in that room that they sat down for a meal, more reclined really. And they began to share this meal. And in the middle of this meal, maybe a certain point throughout it, I don't know exactly, but I know that Jesus says to his disciples, he says, hey guys, I, I need to tell you some things. And what he says is that tomorrow, I'm gonna go to the cross to fulfill my purpose, like the purpose he had, which was to die for you and for me. And so, as he's describing this, he takes some elements, he takes some bread, and he takes some wine, and he starts to describe how all of this is happening, and he places it in this bread and this wine, like this imagery. And I always think about the fact that God took something very common, something that we all have to do. And he says, as we break bread here, as we drink wine, I want you to recall something. I want you to remember something. And so he, he breaks the bread and he says, this bread that I'm breaking represents my body that tomorrow is going to be broken. And it's broken with a purpose. It's broken with a purpose, and the purpose is you and me. And so it's through the breaking of his body that we now have access to the Father. And then he grabs a pitcher and maybe pours some wine into a cup. And as he does, he says, this is my blood that will be shed tomorrow. And this blood represents a new covenant. A new covenant that's being ushered into the world that you now have access to because of what I'm about to do. And so guys, what a glorious thing that we have this opportunity today to be able to celebrate and remember together. And so if you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, if you prayed that prayer, come to the table of the Lord and remember the grace Remember the goodness of God. Remember all that he's done for you. Remember all that he will do for you as you come. So I want to pray for us. And as I do, we'll start to sing. And there are people at the back of the room that have little cups and little uh, pieces of bread. And we just encourage you to take one. Take the bread. You can come back to your seat. And during worship, maybe partake of the bread and remember what Jesus has done and drink the juice and remember what Jesus has done as we worship our King. And how about our praise be fueled by this communion? You know what I mean? Let our praise be fueled by this fellowship that we have around the grace and love of God. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much for your table, that it's at your table that we are equals equally in need of you, equally empowered by your spirit, equally victorious. 
God, we ask that right now, any area of our life that hasn't honored you this week or maybe over the last few weeks or maybe the last year, any area of our life or attitude that we've had that's been ungodly, any way that we've dishonored you with people, hurt people with our words, any unforgiveness that we've harbored or bitterness or anger that we've harbored, Jesus, toward one of your children, Jesus, would you forgive us? We don't want to be that anymore. We want to be free. And so God, forgive us for the ways that we haven't loved you. And forgive us for the ways that we haven't loved our fellow brother or sister. Help us, God, to do better. God, may we receive your grace and your mercy as we partake of the bread and the juice and as we sing your praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'd like to invite you to stand as we sing, and then as you're ready, go ahead and make your way to the stations around the room.